Hello and welcome to the Turn 5 podcast. We are without Chris this week, so I'm Richard and I will be taking you through uh, the, the lead role, quote unquote, of the pod. Uh, with me as usual is Alex, Ben and Nia. Um, now, Nia, I believe you've got Chris's brief race review, so do you want to kick us off with that? Nearly fell asleep. <laughs> I, I think Honestly, I don't think anyone can argue with that. No. Um, Alex. Possibly the worst race I've ever watched. <laughs> I don't think there was an on-track overtake after lap one, unless you count Gasly and Vettel. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think we'll count team orders at Haas either. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I have a bit of a roasting of Monaco in mind for later on, but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that. Well, we'll, we've, we'll get to that later this episode and the whole of next week i think um nia what's yours it was a bit tense seeing norris and perez there is oh it's monaco guaranteed a podium so i i kind of agree with chris it was just like all right it was all right for the first monaco weekend i watched so welcome to monaco basically (laughs) i'd say trial by fire but it was more trial by damp squib at that point uh, ben, what have you got for us? Um, at the moment, where you were there watching Lando and Ferd, it was good. And then you look back and you're like, that was actually really boring, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, from from my point of view, it was... Yeah, it was pretty shocking. It was basically a procession. Um, and then we, we will introduce a word from our sponsor at this point because we're going to cut away to Lance Stroll going over the curbs. Um, yeah, no, everything just seemed to go wrong for this weekend. On a weekend where, I don't know, everyone everyone seemed to be really critical of Monaco going into it because we hadn't been there last year. And I don't think that helped. Um, and I don't think Charles's incident in qualifying helped it either. Um but it did spice up the grid. So, I mean, we'll take that from it. So, I mean, I think in, in summation, I'll say it was a, a boring race, but interesting for the season. Yeah. Just yeah. because it's thrown everything out the window so far. Yeah. I yeah. The one saving grace for that race was there were some kind of unusual results. I mean, Science and Norris on the podium. I think everyone loved that. And obviously, Netflix, nice Netflix are going to milk either. that. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> they're going to like get the slow mo of them pushing each other on a podium and they're going to, yeah, this is going to be over They're going to milk the team orders for just for Daniel to just say, let like give Lando's life, <laughs> easy, make Lando's yeah. life easier and just let him pass. So, like, that's Netflix are going to milk that. Well, that's that's the thing I heard. I, I think I saw on Twitter that Netflix are with Ferrari this weekend. So wow! Yeah. I, think I think I said that in the chat in our in our group chat. Yeah, didn't I? that's but, um, um, yeah. You literally, it just had to be, didn't it? I mean, yeah. Like gets on pole, the perfect storyline at Monaco. I think Netflix might on. have been with Lando as well because I think I saw them in Ted the Notebook after the race. I mean, if they were, then that is. That that will cover them off from saying that they're completely cursed. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. because they went with a team that ran a special one-off livery and they still managed to get a podium. Yeah, I think it, so, it makes sense that they were with them for the one-off livery. Yeah, kind of. 
because there's nothing special, nothing else special going on, apart from Williams, but with their 750 Grand Prix. Yeah, but... they just kind yeah, of like brushed over. Yeah, I, I actually don't know where they finished <laughs> at the back. Fourteenth uh, um, and fifteenth. I, I don't think I saw them. George was fourteenth. Nicholas was fifteenth. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. It wasn't a classic, I guess. The what it was kind of interesting at the start, wasn't it? When you know the top, what was it, six or seven broke away, and they were kind of pacing themselves. They're all kind of close together, and we thought, oh, someone might, you know, undercut, overcut, and yeah. But I mean, everyone pitted about a third into the race, didn't they, at the front mm. and. After that, even if there was a safety car, no one would have pitted to lose, so we'd have lost track position. It was just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't think. The Honestly, only... in terms of the second half of the race, I can't think of worse than that. I think the only thing that could have spiced it up would be a safety car in like the final 10 laps because the front two had enough of a gap that they probably could have got away with one of them would have pit and the other one wouldn't. And it would be a case of track position versus tyre compound. But then it's Monaco, so it's you go for track position because you just park it in the middle of the road. So, yeah, well, even when Hamilton pitted in 2015, didn't he? Because there was that mistake that, yeah, was Mercedes made, I can't remember, but yeah, even then he had fresh softs, didn't he, against old hards, whatever it was. And I mean, just the 2019 race, to be honest, yeah, yeah, Lewis on dead mediums and Max behind. Well, I guess. Monaco's kind of been saved, hasn't it? The last two times we've been there, the leader has been incredibly slow for whatever reason. Mm. And it's kind of made it exciting. But I this think, time around, yeah. we didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we could have done if Charles's gearbox had like packed up halfway through the race instead and he'd like lost fifth gear or something. But no. Um, right, should we go back to the start of the weekend? And Thursday, actually, this time, with free practice. Um, wasn't really a lot going on, to be honest. There was a red flag for Nicholas Latifi in FP2, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Um, and then other than that, it was... Oh, Mick tapped the wall as well in FP2, didn't he? And that brought his session to an end. He hit the wall up uh, Massonet, so top oh, of yeah. Casino. Um, so he broke the right rear suspension on his car. Um, and Verstappen was fuming, wasn't he, about how slow his car was? So, in, I yeah. suppose, in a way, they basically did the Mercedes, didn't they? Yeah, they <laughs> said so they're awful in practice. A Ferrari came out all cylinders firing, so that was that was interesting to see. It felt kind of strange, uh, like being sort of halfway through a session and seeing both Ferraris in like the top five. Because we haven't seen that for a while. Um, FP, I've got like just the results here. I can't oh, yeah. exactly remember what happened, but um, in FP one, Charles got twentieth. Was it like some, there was something wrong with his uh, car? He, yeah, he had a yeah. gearbox issue. That's it. Yeah, yeah um, easy to forget that after. He <laughs> yeah. he, he waved in, at his friends and then his oh, gearbox yeah. backed up. Yeah. yeah, I was in college just watching it on my phone, <laughs> so I was like, "Why is Charles there? Why is Charles there?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean that was that was pretty much it for Thursday. There was, I mean it was, it was really between Ferrari and Red Bull. Mercedes weren't quite on the pace this weekend. They weren't really there all weekend. No, it was it was a strange the one. Highest the highest they got was third in FP two, FP three in qualifying. That's it. Mm. Then it was like 
third and seventh in between there. They weren't really on it at all this weekend. No. Um, someone else who wasn't on it this weekend, unfortunately, was Mick Schumacher, who binned it big time on the exit of Casino Square and completely wrote off his car to the point that they had to sacrifice qualifying. So not not a great weekend for him, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we, we joked a lot about Mazepin last week, didn't we? He played yeah. Mazepin bingo. And, yeah. well, actually, yeah, Mick did overtake him, didn't he? On yeah, that was a beautiful yeah. lunge down into low. I, yeah. thought they were, I thought they were going to both end up, you know, stuck. That yeah. someone was going to lose a front wing or something. But, no, they fair play. They, they managed that very well. Um, in Mick's post-race interview, he said he then developed engine issues, and that's what meant that Mazepin got back past. So that's yeah, why Mazepin orders, finished. Yeah, team orders from to pass. Yeah, yeah, it's because he had the engine issue and he was losing so much time. So yeah, um, that's why that happened. So Mazepin finished ahead of Mick Schumacher for once. Um, but we'll put that down to ex- exceptional circumstances of. Mixed engine issues. <laughs> um, but to be fair, uh, Mazepin didn't stick it in a wall. So. Surprising. Yeah. Miracles do happen. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> what happened is that Mazepin snuck an Uno reverse card into Mix overalls because that's the only thing I can think of that would have made that work. Um, I mean, both of them finished three laps down in the end. So that's a big ouch. But I mean, it's the most most laps on any race calendar, so it was going to be a high number of this one, wasn't it? So I think Monza has the potential for them to get lapped because they're that mm. slow. Yeah, yeah I, could, I could see that being a two to three lap behind. Well, I mean, bearing but... in mind how slow the leaders were going in the, in the first in as well, yeah, exactly, they could have done. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I was I was listening to the commentary and they said that Max's race engineer said that a one sixteen zero is fine for now, and yeah. the race lap records like a a one one ten now or something stupid. Uh, one twelve oh one twelve point zero three seven. That's what I've got here. I'll double check that now. It sounds about right to be honest. Yeah, um, that would have been what Hamilton did when he. Yeah. One twelve nine oh nine. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that they're running at least three seconds a lap slower than what they can be, factor that into Monza when nobody's going to be going slowly. <laughs> I don't see them doing particularly well. Um, so let's let's move on to qualifying. Um, ben, what, what did you make of it? Did Charles bin it on purpose? But no, I is totally ridiculous it's like funny to think of it like that but you no driver would have been it on purpose unless you talk about like crash gate in 2008 or whatever yeah yeah everyone was instantly trying to draw parallels between uh schumacher at raskas and rosberg parking it in the runoff at mirabeau but both of those resulted in extremely minor or nil damage whatsoever Michael had to change his front wing. Nico just had to reverse the car. 
none of those had like any damage that was meaningful. And you see Charles and he's properly smashed it into swimming pool exit. That's not, no. I can't believe people were actually suggesting that that, that was going to be on purpose. Were they? Yeah, all, all, yeah, all over Twitter. Oh all over God. Twitter. I saw, I saw all over Twitter <laughs> people, people saying, I saw all over Twitter people saying, why would he do that? I know I didn't actually see anyone saying he actually did it on purpose. I just saw everyone defending Charles. I think <laughs> people said it is I saw people say it as a joke, obviously, in reference to you know Schumacher in particular. But yeah. No, there was a, there was a lot of there was a lot of tweets going out to the point that um Damon Hill actually put one out that said, like, if you think he did that on purpose, why would he risk that substantial amount yeah. of damage to his car? and the risk of a grid penalty for changing his gearbox. I think, like, I think one day we're going to have to do an episode on like these controversies and conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, on, because everyone else was then behind him on a flying lap and that didn't get, those laps didn't get finished, uh, it also sort of brought out uh, a discussion on what to do in the event of uh, a red flag in the last few minutes of qualifying to try and prevent people from doing a Rosberg, um, which I saw an interesting suggestion, which I think works really well. Um, and that was if the clock, if the time on the clock is less than three minutes when the red flag is brought out, the clock gets reset to three minutes and then the session gets restarted. Because yeah, that will yeah. give everyone enough time to do an outlap and a push lap. So I, I think that makes sense to me because then yeah, it kind of does make sense. There's, there's no benefit to causing a red flag in the dying seconds and ruining everyone else's runs because the only thing you'll have done is make them put an extra heat cycle through their tires. Yeah. yeah. I think if it was like that, if it was only like between three and two minutes, then you may as well just restart the clock to three minutes. But if it's like less than two minutes, there's no point starting it for like a minute and a half or something like that there's no point starting the session again really that's the thing because the, like there was anyway there was 28 seconds on the clock but everyone had already started their flying lap uh, so that's that's why they said put it back to three minutes because then you've got enough time to actually go and start out again because that was the thing they didn't restart the session because there was only 18 seconds left on the clock so there wasn't enough time for them to get back round to complete the out lap and start their timed lap before the clock hits zero so yeah I, I i think it's a sensible suggestion um i think it's something that would benefit the street circuits a lot more than the other circuits purely because yeah. of how how much easier it is to bring out a red flag at a place like monaco baku singapore um but i mean places like um i mean somewhere as open as monza it's, it, it takes a lot to bring out a red flag at Monza. Like last year's race was the first time I've ever seen a red flag at Monza. So I think, I mean, obviously it can work at any circuit. Um, might need to increase the time a little bit for Spa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I think that's a, a sensible suggestion. Um, but other than that, I mean, qualifying was interesting. I mean, but that's that's the sort of the jewel of the Monaco weekend, isn't it? I mean, it was even then it was it was an anti climax, wasn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, when Charles well, binned it, it kind of ruined it. Yeah. Can you imagine Leclerc finished that lap and, I don't know, even if he hadn't improved, still got pole? That would have been amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, that would have been that would have been a lot better. But yeah, like Max Ferrari pole in ages. But... Max was almost two tenths up on the entrance to the tunnel. So mm. that yeah. Yeah. Big big ouch from that perspective. But then again, you, you listen to all the team radios and it seemed like every man and his dog thought he'd have put it on pole. Yeah. So... yeah, like the top four all thought they would have put it on pole. Yeah. But, and Lewis as well. Yeah. I mean then... I suppose this know. sort of this brings out the um the sort of the pro side of having the the ease of red flags is that Lewis and Checo, who didn't nail it on their first run, then got put severely on the back foot yeah. by starting seventh and ninth, respectively. So, I mean, because if you brought out the red flags and everyone gets to go, maybe that brings it more in line with the predicted hamver bot of every weekend. But I still think that this was a sort of exceptional circumstance and a rule like that would still benefit it yeah because you'd actually get because because even then even if you restart the session there's still no guarantee that they're going to set a good lap time true yeah so it's it still leaves the oh it will yeah it'll leave the onus on the driver to actually deliver not can he get a lap before someone bins it so. The problem is, say, like with like the three minutes thing, if it's like a street circle like Monaco, it, most likely everyone would try and go out for that last three minutes. So you'd have 10 cars on the circuit, so they're going out relatively the same time. So there'd be quite a bit of traffic. I mean, so, they, they kind of do that anyway, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you could imagine that at Monza, though. Well, yeah, but they literally do that anyway. They, they just follow each other out. They just do a Hulkenberg again and go through. Well, they didn't even, they didn't even make the they didn't even make the checkered flag last time. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, that was hilarious. But mm. I mean, yeah, I think Monza is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum of Monaco in terms of qualifying sessions. Um, but yeah, we've we've got that to look forward to in I want to say September. September this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 13th. Oh, yeah. Well, 12th, we'll isn't it? 12th, yeah. Race, race. <laughs> I was going to say race weekend. But... Um, right, so anything else from qualifying? Oh, Alonso out in Q1. Yeah. Yes. For, a, for a two-time winner at Monaco, that's... Two-time winner with all the rookies of Monaco. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It be another one of those races where, apart from science... The new drivers, well, and Vettel actually, to be fair, in the race. So maybe not everyone this time, but all the sort of most of the new drivers to teams struggled, possibly, yeah. unless I'm missing it. Anyone else? And then that's kind of not really the case because uh, so like so about half of them. But yeah. obviously Ricardo Alonso. I mean, I mean, Carlos, Carlos has done a solid, really. Yeah, um, he's the exception because he's actually finished. <laughs> well, he's actually yeah. started the race. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah Perez was down all weekend um I mean Ocon qualified 11th so there was definitely pace in the car he was oh, he was less than eight one hundredths of a second off getting into Q3 so mm. well it was one of those races wasn't it where because obviously this is why Mercedes struggled where the tyre warm-up 
was not great and it took them and that's why the Ferraris did well yeah I think come on to this when we talk about Mercedes interesting strategy in the Uh race but it was one of those races where you know they needed to do side laps didn't they yeah in in qualifying I mean I I tend to do that on the game to be honest Speaking yeah, of just right. like just gonna go on to like a Q3 again. Antonio Giovinazzi getting into Q3 for the first time and getting yeah. points as well. That was first, really first, good. First good Alfa Romeo points. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah. That was really good from him. Just to let him know because I feel like everyone was seeing from like Charles and everything. No one really talked about Antonio getting into Q3, which is great for the Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Mm. Well, he was really close to Ocon in the race for ages, wasn't he? Like that was the yeah. closest. Obviously, yeah. it was never going to result in an overtake. Yeah, it seems well. The flexi wing cars all did very well. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's uh... it that way. So it was Red Bull, Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's something else we'll come on to. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll cover that as it develops. We're still yeah. waiting for the uh, official complaint to be made, and therefore the FIA mandate to be enforced uh, mm. or not, as the case may be. Um, but yeah, there's there's some questions. Some questions have arisen over the legality of the rear wings of certain cars on the grid. Um, yeah, the annual big controversy. Yeah, but this time it's come from Mercedes, which is ironic yeah. because normally they they have a go at Red Bull for constantly calling them out. And there's, there's a lot of Uno reverse cards going around this weekend. Yeah, I think the biggest one of all was Christian Horner saying that Toto Wolf and Mercedes like to was it stick their nose in other people's business. That was... Um... <laughs> Then you have Christian Horner to survive because then you have Christian Horner. Yeah, Christian Horner, I mean, the gossip he, girl on Drive to Survive. In every it, single episode, had something to say. He he loves it. He, oh, yeah. he plays up to the camera so much. Is, oh yeah, like there's two dualities to that team. Christian Horner loves the camera and the whole thing. Max hates Netflix. Anything to do with Drive to Survive. So it's like oh. Even even though I support Hamilton, I like honestly don't mind Christian Horner because I know he's just he's such a wind up merchant. All these comments about what Hamilton Hamilton Verstappen like said to each other, said about each other, like you know the pressure and there's just nothing in it. But he's just stirring the pot, isn't he? Yeah, I mean that's all he ever does. But at the end of the day, he does that and it works to yeah. some extent. So mm. I mean, it doesn't work all the time. Nothing ever does really, but. Um, Still, he's had some results go his way, um, and some not in the case of Das. <laughs> uh, back to qualifying. I mean, I would say it was noteworthy, but at this point, I'm just kind of getting used to it. George Russell, Q2 again. Uh, he's, he's, he's just, I feel like he's at home in Q2 now. I'd be a shock oh, yeah. if he went out in Q1 now. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Yuki Sonoda out in Q1, but Monaco rookie. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, he's been struggling think, as well. Yeah, I think a lot of, we all like overhyped. No offense to Yuki at all, but I think we all overhyped him in Bahrain because, like, obviously he'd been to that track a lot, like, and tested there for three days straight. So I think we all maybe overhyped him a little bit. So now he's struggling. We're all thinking, like, oh, what's happened? Like, but like he was not this doesn't mean in a bad way, but like he was always like that because he's a rookie but he just had loads of testing in Bahrain so like of course he was going to be good there so like yeah yeah somewhere that you've droned around eight hours a lap's worth you, you're yeah. going to be more dialed in than somewhere you've just dropped in and done two hours so yeah 
Um, I mean, Lance Stroll P13, Danny Rick P12, compared to their teammates Seb dropping it in P8 and Lando in P5. That's, I, I kind of want to say both of them have underperformed this weekend. Stroll wasn't so bad. I mean, obviously, especially when it comes to the race, you know, the gaps can get like exaggerated, can't they? By if someone gets stuck in traffic. Yeah. But like Hamilton has, didn't have a great race, but almost got lapped. I don't think that was representative. And obviously, Ricardo got lapped by Norris. I don't think, even though as much as he struggled, probably yeah. not. Yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton was the last car to finish on the lead lap. Yeah, but either way, Ricardo. Everyone, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's clearly, a good weekend. I mean, it's it's hard from the outside to pinpoint, you know, where the problem is, but it's just obviously some kind of lack of understanding of the car. Still early days. Monaco, when things aren't going quite right with the car, can really result in a disaster, and I think we've seen that. But I think we saw in Spain that it is coming. It, you know. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think I saw on Twitter somewhere that he's had to adapt his braking style to basically be a bit more like Lando's because obviously Lando's been in the car for three years. So Daniel's had to change his braking style a bit more towards that because the Mercedes engine is not the same as a Renault engine and he's never had a Mercedes engine in the hybrid era or anything other than the Renault. So he's definitely had to change his driving style a lot to adapt to it. And I think that's where he's struggling a little bit is to just getting up to speed with that new driving style, really. See, because I heard the exact opposite pretty much. Oh. Um, <laughs> Ted Ted mentioned it on, on Sky F1, um, that he's pretty much there with the braking and his, his adaption to the car. It's on traction that he's losing the time. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old that tweet was. Like, that's fair yeah. enough. No, uh, yeah. I, it's just something I remember hearing from because yeah. they were discussing why Ricardo was like a second behind Norris in a practice session. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a was, lot of factors, not yeah. just braking and tractions. Like, I mean, yeah, it's drivability yeah. of the car and yeah. how it handles under certain loads and whatever. But he just had to adapt to change his driving style, really. Yeah. Um. I mean, the only other point is that Ferrari on pole, hooray, question mark. I mean, we actually, I think we kind of underplayed how much of a shock that was, because obviously through practice, they've been so quick. But yeah, again, this is, I think I always go back to Turkey as the big example of the tyre, like when there's some kind of issue with heating up the tyres or some big factor, it really these days seems to flip the pecking order so much, doesn't it? I, I mean, I guess... Back in the days, Mercedes or Rebel used to be so dominant that these things didn't make a difference. But you see, like sometimes, it always seems to happen once or twice a year to Mercedes, doesn't it? Where yeah, they, for whatever reason, just can't get their cars to work at a specific track. And yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing a Ferrari on pole again <laughs> quite a while, unfortunately. But yeah. I, 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 my gut instinct is that the next time we'll see it will be Singapore. Yeah. Possibly. Um, it's, it's a, it seems to be a, a trait of the Ferraris of recent years is that they, it doesn't help them in the race because they heat up their tyres too quickly. Um, and it, gets, it means that they have to be very careful not to lift them out of the, the, the ideal operating window. But in terms of a track like Monaco, where it's difficult to get their heat in their tyres, it works perfectly for them. 
yeah. because they've got the heat after just a single push lap where we saw Hamilton had to do two. So, well, yeah, a, two warm-up laps before he did a push. Yeah, that's so. the thing. I mean, because Mercedes made a conscious decision to make their tyres more durable in the race, like we saw in Spain, obviously. And they know that that, may, that maybe might hinder them at the odd race or two. But over the course of a season, I think we will see that you know yeah. benefit them more often than not. Yeah, I mean, you go to somewhere like Spa, you definitely want to make as few pit stops as possible, really. Mm. Like the, the pit delta at Monaco, they said it's like one of the shortest of the season. You lose like 20 seconds for going in the pits. Um, somewhere, I think what Silverstone has the longest, doesn't it? That's like yeah, yeah. 30, 30 something seconds. So mm. that's that's why that's that's what I find quite interesting is how how that that small change in time because in, in reality that's only like 10 15 seconds but that 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 time is enough for teams to consider changing from a two to a one stop mm. oh yeah so i mean a, a circuit like monaco is always going to be a one stop we saw that on the <laughs> the aws graphics which was ridiculous <laughs> because they said that the softs would go you'd go longer on the softs if you were going onto the mediums and then it would be fine and if you went onto the hards, you'd do it like two laps earlier. And it's like, what's the point? So I, I don't know. It was, it's it's just Monaco things, I suppose. <laughs> the AWS graphics always remind me of that advert of the little girl just going like, how can you tell when they're going to overtake? You can't. The AWS graphics, AWS graphics, <laughs> they can't. <laughs> it, it's just like, how can you tell the food's here? <laughs> I literally just looked at my phone. <laughs> how do you think so i don't know I, I don't i really find that advert quite annoying to be honest yeah. just because it's so obnoxiously annoying it's just like how can you tell she's she's got her phone in her hand kiddo <laughs> how are you that daft <laughs> I think that with the, the train and the paying with oh, for God. like the phone i so can understand those. his phone at it yeah like the train i can understand but everything else like it's simple. <laughs> Look at the phone. You, you don't ask where the Amazon package is. <laughs> that's on my phone and all. Oh god, no. That's uh, that's that's just Sky Sports F1 UK oh, it's issues. Even, it's even worse than the um the whole of last year we had the Alfa Romeo, Stelvio and Quadrifolio. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, but it meant you got to see Kimmy. <laughs> I, swear that every I don't care about one. I don't care about the Alfa Romeo Quadrifolio still be a car. <laughs> the fact that it was like narrated six... by Crofty as well Was it? <laughs> it was yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it, I was too yeah. annoyed I'm sure every team has one of those adverts now though because there's an Alpine one isn't there there's, Yeah, there's and Vettel is there Aston Martin, Vettel, Martin What's he say? What is it Vettel says? Oh, oh, I, I can't. I tune out. So I just <laughs> zone out so quickly. I just got my phone during yeah. adverts because I get too annoyed. And then there's always oh, the Petronas one. Massive. What? Oh yeah. Oh, thanks. So oh. my brother came in. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that scared me because I just saw his head above my seat. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, back to racing. <laughs> um, I mean, we can, we can we move that on is. to the race. To be honest. Yeah. I, I think that was Part it. The qualifying to be honest. Are we leaving our wager adverts in? Uh, I, I think yeah. we can probably cover that another week. 
I think by the end of the season, we'll have a lot more adverts to oh, be fed up of. Make a list of all of them and just note every single imperfection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the race. Uh, obviously, Charles didn't start because his left rear drive shaft was broken, not his gearbox. Uh, and Ferrari have come out and said that they're updating their procedures in in hindsight of that incident because it's not a part that would normally get checked on a on a crash on the opposite side of the car. So they're they're overhauling their crash checks uh, to now include the opposite side of the car, <laughs> uh, which was kind of ironic because everyone was worried about whether the gearbox was going to be okay or not, but the gearbox wasn't the issue. It was a completely unrelated part of the drive shaft. They have come out and said that it was probably related to the crash. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. Um, but it was the fact that it wasn't the gearbox was actually fine. Uh, it was a drive shaft that broke instead. I mean, that's absolutely prime Ferrari of the last two or three years, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All this stuff like Benotto said about, oh no, it's going to be fine. I mean, it's just like you know that. The clown, clown show Ferrari meme where they're all sat on the pit wall. Yeah, <laughs> so that was that was one of the things going round after Charles had binned it into the wall in qualifying. It was like, oh, it's the great Ferrari master plan. Yeah, he's gonna be his car's gonna be fine. He's gonna start on pole. He's gonna win, and it's all gonna it's all gonna work out beautifully. And did, did no. you see um, Nico Rosberg's tweet where he said, "I think uh, Charles gonna win." Wow, thanks, Nico. You really, really took no. it there, Nico. Man had to really oh. do that, didn't he? Oh god. Oh. And I think that played a large part in the race being as boring as it was. Yes, the fact um, that hometown hero literally couldn't start from pole. He in... really doesn't have a great track record in Monaco. Literally, yeah. two DNFs and a DNS. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, do you reckon he would have won? I think it would have been very different because he was definitely going to be slower than Verstappen in terms of race pace. So it would then have, so they wouldn't have then had that uh, gap to the, the rest of the field as they did, um, which would have made it more of a strategy-based pit stop window than, oh, we've gone long enough, we now have enough of a gap, pit. Um, so, I don't know, I feel like, it would probably have been a very similar race because it's Monaco and it's very processional, but at the same time, it would have been that much more tense because Charles was out the front and you kind of want to see him win at his home Grand Prix. So, I don't know. It's him, tough. Him maybe getting overcut by Verstappen. You know, he would have pitted to... Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think Ferrari would have been too stubborn yeah, then the whole tyre warm-up issue. Yeah. That's the thing. We had Mercedes were struggling with their tyres before Red Bull were. We had Bottas yeah. complaining about it over the radio. Uh, I think it was front left blistering and the rears were going. So, yeah. Um, doesn't bode well for other sort of circuits like that, but we don't have a lot of those yeah, on the thankfully. calendar. So. Um. Then <laughs> the grand total of 12 minutes later, uh, Nikita Mazepin managed to get a black and white flag for track limits at turn 10, <laughs> which I think is potentially one of the fastest sets of black and white flags we've seen. Um, um, half of the uh, warnings for the black and white flags 
uh, half the warnings for the track limits at turn 10 was a Haas car. So, <laughs> interesting, but not surprising. Um, not that we saw any of them. No. Yeah. Any I, th- of the I think we saw one in the background of a shot once. And not, we never saw it. any of them when Norris was doing it. No, yeah, he only did it twice. Yeah. See, yeah. see, that's the thing. On the document, his name only appears once. Sorry. Whereas everyone else has a... Oh, no, there it is. I'm, I'm being blind. Okay, so Norris got his black and white flag, his second offence, uh, 25 minutes into the race. So it was still pretty early on in the race, to be honest. And I was... When that came up, I was quite worried because there was still a long way to go in the race. And it's, I mean, you just have to lock up to then send it long into the chicane to then potentially accrue a five-second penalty. And that would have put him behind Perez. So, I don't know. Uh, that was that was a nervous one. But thankfully, we don't have many track limits to turn about, uh, to, turn about to talk about because there was only one turn that had it because everywhere else had a wall. <laughs> Which is beautiful because that really means that, I mean, well, you'll know if you're not on the track at that point. <laughs> well, I mean, that was another problem. No, well, not really a problem, is it? But no one hit the wall in the race. Yeah, we didn't have a single have a yellow car. flag. Yeah. I mean, which I is that insane. Was, that's the issue with this whole tyre management. They were going so slowly, like particularly at the start, that no one even touched the wall. Well, I mean, sh- we all know about Stroll bouncing over a curve because we, uh, mm. yeah, we all saw it. Yeah. Annoyingly, of times. yeah. If, if you weren't like throwing something at the TV, okay. yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was quite amusing in the uh, in the Discord call because there's uh, various stages of delay. <laughs> so I think it was people in like the Netherlands and uh, Austria were about a minute ahead of me, and then there was like a couple of people thirty seconds behind me and a few seconds people in between and it's just like oh, 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 oh what, what's going on and then somebody be like what, well, what happened and they're like well i don't know yeah. <laughs> i thought they were going to crash as well yeah like, i honestly thought i mean crofty's yeah, quite together. funny to be fair yeah bear, bear in mind this is crofty the king of you know mis- misinterpreting who's who things like that <laughs> even he was fuming yeah uh, i mean i think all of the all of the um commentary folks because even i think dc on channel four he was fuming um apparently people on like um some european channels they went in on the uh, on the race directors uh we should specify uh monaco has its own tv director uh this is not covered by the normal formula one broadcast team uh because of some historic agreement so this should be a one-off in so. terms of how bad the coverage was in cutting away from action at the key moment of the race. You, um, I don't know if you remember when Hamilton and Bottas were fighting at Silverstone a couple of years ago. Yes, they came and round. And then they cut to the crowd yeah. as they were side yeah. by side. And I was, obviously, I, I was there as well. So I didn't have a clue what was going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it. Uh, what's, the, what's the corner before Cops? Uh, Luffield. Luffield, yeah. Yeah, they were on the way around Luffield and they were side by side, cut to crowd. What? Cut back, just about to dive into, just in time to see Bottas dive up the inside of Cops, which was still a fantastic move. 
but <laughs> why would you cut at that exact moment? <laughs> that, yeah, I don't know. I think they've they've gotten better since then, but this weekend, obviously, the Monica people joke. haven't. Yeah, <laughs> but at least now Stroll's got a meme about him that isn't about his dad was money. True. Uh, it has become <laughs> a very rapid fire meme i've seen clips of the baku incident between the two red bull cars uh i mean i personally made one from the 2008 brazil grand prix because i thought that was hilarious i've seen some people do it on football uh, oh have seen... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen um quad team quadrant do it uh they were oh, yeah. our new streamer yeah. cut to lance stroll is like uh... <laughs> yeah um... everyone was so confused i love it I've seen apparently yeah for his pole yeah. position as well at Turkey. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> him with him. <laughs> oh, no, apparently, FOM have uh, started trying to like clamp down on it because they they're really embarrassed by the whole situation. But uh... I saw a couple of people posted the actual video of like the actual overtake, not the stroll edit. Yeah, the st- overtake. Well, and if you watch it, the think... highlight video on YouTube, it's it's yeah. There. A- on Twitter, it got copyrighted. Like a one, definitely on one person's tweet. I don't know if there is still is now, but the actual footage of the actual overtake got copyrighted. I'm gonna I'm just check my tweet. Oh, yeah, real quick, see if that's been <laughs> taken down yet. Yeah. Every everything is copyrighted on Twitter now. That I see. We're still good. Getting banned. We're still good. <laughs> my yeah, tweet seen, is still there. I've seen one Twitter account be banned like four times, but he mm. still keeps coming back. But then you can just be racist on Twitter, and they do nothing. Like, yeah, yeah all the true. Spanish fans. Yeah. Oh, did you see mm. that? Oh my god, that was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think bad. that's that's yeah. a topic for a, a, a for an episode of its own. To be honest, because that is a lot to unpack. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, we've covered TV directorship, and ironically, that has cut in above where it should have been on my schedule. So let's go back and talk <laughs> about pit stops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, record for Mercedes for the longest ever pit stop a day. To be I don't think it's ever going to be beat. Still, still going, it's still it's going. going on as we speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, right now. It, well, we're, hopefully, as you hear the podcast, the tire is off. Uh, if if in doubt, it's probably still on. We're still waiting on a Mercedes confirmation on this. You know, they, um, they have to wait until they they ship the car back to Brighton. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know when that happens, but well, it depends if they fly it out or if they ship it. Is Bottas just going to have to use that front right for the whole season? That soft tyre. He's, he's starting on softs at back. I can tell you that compound. for sure. <laughs> I like Silverstone or something where the tyres explode, even though they've got the hardest ones. <laughs> yeah, because he's stuck with a C5 now, isn't he? Oh, God. Exactly. Um, no, there was a, it was an interesting... Uh, I think F1 put out a TikTok and you could see the shards of the, the nut just get absolutely annihilated by the wheel gun. And then they pull the wheel gun off and it's just it's gone and it's kind of like well that's 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 ruined um which was unfortunate um i heard them say in the notebook afterwards that there was actually no guarantee that the same thing wasn't going to happen to lewis's car when he came in for the second stop so they took a risk on that pit stop oh yeah yeah i saw that as well they were like Mm. all holding their breath we're like please no please no yeah (laughs) which it would have been very embarrassing for them to be honest oh, oh i mean oh, yeah bottas just can't seem to catch a break can he no he's either I've like seen... he's either not on the pace or has something outside of his control but this weekend he was taking it to hamilton 
and he was i mean yeah he was a he was three seconds behind verstappen but it's monaco you're still sort of in that pit stop window of you can make something work if you get the strategy right but yeah it's just when you think about it he's had secure last year with the george russell wrong tires malarkey mm. um he had the slow pit stop in bahrain this year where his front right got stuck ish on the car um you've had this weekend you've had uh nurburgring last year where his engine just gave up wasn't there something to do with the one of his tires in Sakir again or was that i know george had a puncture but yeah. there was, uh, i was... swear something happened with valtteri as well oh, the second the... time I don't think it was that, but there was the debris in his car in Imola, wasn't there? Last yes, year, he had a half a Ferrari front wing stuck under his yeah. car. So, so yeah. was, when he had that puncture at Baku as well, with like three laps to go, he was winning. Yeah, that was. He, he just can't catch a break, can he? I mean, obviously, you know, you make your own luck, but yeah, it's. I mean, you can't knock Hamilton's consistency. You know, one DNF in like five years, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the things that happened to Bottas with that stat, bear, bear, bearing in mind that stat. Yeah, Lewis has had like one DNF in 50-something races and Valtteri's had two that. in four. His last, his last DNF was like 2018, middle, since middle the, 2018. Yeah, since the Malaysia. Yeah. Since yeah. the Malaysia engine failure, he's had one DNF. I think he's failed to score once, apart from the COVID race. Yeah, it's yeah. mental. But to think that one driver has such amazing luck and the other one has such supremely bad luck mm. <sighs> yeah i mean i know i rag on bottas when he's not on the pace but on a weekend like this where he was actually doing well and he was actually in with a chance of a decent p2 potentially p1 if strategy went their way and then yeah just get out of the car mate the wheel's still on <laughs> I, I feel sorry for him to be honest yeah yeah I felt so bad watching yeah, it. Yeah, it was it was honestly painful to watch. He just didn't even he didn't even like shake his head in the car. It was oh, like the the team radio clip that I heard afterwards. Yeah. He's just sat in the car, and obviously you can hear the the guy trying to use the wheel gun to get it off, oh. and it just goes, guys, uh, and that's it. It's just like it just leaves it at guys, and then it just gets oh. essentially like, yeah, sorry, mate, the, the wheel nuts machined itself on. I saw um, pictures that he he went to the FIA garage first before he went back to the team because he just couldn't he just couldn't face them. Yeah, he like, he he threw his glove yeah. because he was angry and then went and took a breather in the FIA garage before going and seeing the team. Which I, uh, fair enough, he handled himself very well. Yeah, all things considered, uh, that was probably the best thing he could have done and just like be by himself for a bit in the FIA garage yeah. and then confront the team because like it wasn't really anyone's fault no but... well we don't know that really no um that that's still to be determined because if someone put a wheel nut on the wrong way around then that is someone's fault yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i don't but... really i don't know the intricacies of the wheel nuts but as far as we know right now we don't think it's anyone's fault <laughs> yeah uh the only the only other theory i heard um was that the guy started up the wheel gun before it was actually on the wheel nut, oh, and yeah, that makes because sense. of that that torsional force, that's what blitzed it. So that would make sense, yeah. Because like, yeah, it makes sense in my head. Fast. Yeah, because yeah, those things go stupid and speed and have an incredible amount of torque going through them. 
yeah, you're going quite fast, and as it's moving, going towards something solid, just yuck. yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like that could be it, and if it is that, that is a bummer for that mechanic. Yeah, um, I'd feel bad if it like it wasn't the mechanic's fault. I just feel bad because like it's his tire, and mm-hmm. he he's the reason he couldn't. They didn't yeah. get the points. But um, I'd feel bad for him. Another interesting point brought up in the notebook because Ted is like the highlight of the weekend. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> McLaren have a uh, a system in place for if that happens, mm. where if the machine if the if the wheel nut gets machined like that, you take a really great hammer, you whack it, the the whole wheel nut splits in two, and so long as the thread on the actual main system is still there, you can put a new one on and go. Yeah, but Mercedes he, don't have that. Yeah, I think he said most teams do have it, but. I'm guessing yeah, he, Mercedes he do as sure. well. He wasn't but like, sure, but yeah. he knows Mercedes don't. Yeah. And he knows McLaren do. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine most teams do have it. It's just Mercedes. But seven time world champions for some reason don't have it. Yeah. Well, they've never needed it. <laughs> I well. think I feel I feel like we may see that development come at some stage in the future. Um in terms of pit stops though, Vettel doing a nice little overcut on Hamilton and Gasly, much to Hamilton's audible displeasure. Mm. Um, he did not keep his thoughts to himself this weekend. It really was not happy this weekend. No. Um, yeah. Strategy, but... To be fair, the Aston Martin strategists have done bits because Stroll got up into the points and Vettel finished P5. So Aston Martin have had a fantastic weekend for them. Um, and to be honest, given how their qualifying went, I don't think their race could have gone any better. I mean, you could see in the second stint when everyone started actually, you know, trying. <laughs> yeah. Vettel, was, Vettel ended up sort of, what, 25 seconds behind uh, Perez and Norris, didn't he? So you could see the outright pace probably wasn't there. So it yeah, was but... Perez definitely pitted later than Vettel. So yeah. there's a I mean, tire question there. Yeah. yeah even, <laughs> bear in mind that's to a you know, top midfield car, which yeah. is where they want to be fighting. Yeah, that's sort of their benchmark at the minute, isn't it? So um, who else did a blind? Well, Perez, Red Bull. The, 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 the next Uno reverse card that's being played is that Red Bull have played the Uno reverse card on the Mercedes strategists and said we're going to have the good one this week because they they bumped Perez up from, well, I suppose P8, once you take into account Charles' DNS, to P4 just through pit stop strategy, which at Monaco is huge. So... When he was on... When he got three, he started doing like one to 14s, didn't he? That was like two seconds quicker than the rest of them. Yeah, he was he was catching at the end of the race. He was catching Lando one to one and a half seconds a lap. Yeah, which was really worrying mm. as a Lando fan. <laughs> I wasn't that worried, to be honest. He could have been. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it, part of me was like, "Oh my god, he's closing in." The other part of me was like, "It's Monaco. He's yeah. never going to get past." Yeah, I, I was like, like half of it was like, "Oh, he's going to pass. He's going to pass." And there's like the other half is like, "Monaco, nothing's going to happen." <laughs> Yeah. Try, try and remember the last overtake you saw at Monaco. When was it? <gasps> Two thousand 
two years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was it was one of those ones where it's just you see him closing in, you think, oh god, it's going to happen. But then it's like it's Monaco, but then it's also it's Monaco. Someone could very easily make a mistake. Yeah, just your instinct from usual tracks. Think, oh no, he's going to overtake. DRS never range. mind. It is. Uh. <laughs> never mind. It is Monaco. Yeah. Um, who else pulled the blinder on strategy? Um, I mean, Giovinazzi still finished 10th. Yeah. So, I mean, first points for Alfa Romeo. Decent weekend for them. Um, Kimi in 11th as well. Fended off Daniel Ricciardo for most of the race. So, I mean, again, it's Monaco. So that's probably played to his advantage there. But if you're not, if you're not there, you're not going to take the opportunity, are you? So, um, other than that, it was kind of pretty run of the mill. Um, I find it funny though that everyone from third, well, uh, from eighth down to sixteenth. So that's everyone. That's Lance Stroll down to Yuki Tsunoda finished one lap behind, but then the two Haas cars finished three laps behind, which is just. I mean, that's ridiculously slow at this point. Mm. Like, if even the Williams are only finishing one lap down and ahead of another car, like, because Yuki Tsunoda was last out of the, the rest of the teams. So, I don't know. In all fairness to Mick, he did have engine problems. And then they're just, yeah. car number nine is just slow. Yeah. I, but to be honest, I still wouldn't see them getting any further up than where they were. Yeah. Um, like you look at who's who's ahead of them. You've got uh, Latifi, George Russell, Alonso. You're not getting past it, them at most circuits, let alone Monaco. So, I don't know. I feel like that was a a very has weekend for them. Um, I feel that's going to be the the trend of their year, to be honest. Um, what else have we got? TV directorship, Checo, Lance Stroll's meme. Uh, podium. What a podium it was, too. Um, Max Verstappen's first podium in Monaco, and he gets a P1. So that's, that's yeah, that's good for, well, for him and the championship runnings. Um, didn't get fastest lap. I believe Lewis got that. Yeah, Lewis got yeah. that. Um, because he had enough of a gap back to Lance that he could make a free pit stop towards the end, uh, but then almost got lapped, <laughs> which would have been really awkward. <laughs> uh, if you're, I mean, have, Verstappen could have backed him up the fastest lap. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Um, but I mean, yeah, the ultimate meme team on the podium, I think. Yeah. I a mean, lot of yeah. people were happy. Carl Ando were Carl Ando on the yeah, podium. Finally. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I was I hoping mean, it happened when they were both at McLaren, when Carlos was at McLaren, but I'm kind of happy it happened now. Yeah, Monza. I yeah. mean, the, if Lance hadn't changed his tyres in the red flag in Monza, I think we would have had a Carl Ando podium. We would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very sad, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, still, uh, that because of Bottas's bad luck and Lando's third place that bumps him back up into third in the championship so he's he's flying high at the minute um, so nine points above Valtteri mm, 
I think we, we kind of need to mention Perez because as, as much as he had a very bad first run in Q3, he still had decent race pace and he had enough race pace to make the Red Bull pit strategy work to leapfrog the three cars in front of him. And I, I feel like he's actually had a good weekend. I feel like he yeah. can take a lot of positives from this. Yeah, it's, it's always the from... same thing in the qualifying pace. Just leaves him too far back to be at the front, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we we watched the qualif- his first qualifying run and even like Brundle at the time was like, oh, that's not good. He's taking too much curve there. And you could just tell it was, it was a messy lap. So I feel like he definitely would have got higher than ninth had he got the second run in. Uh, but I don't, I don't think he would have got much higher than maybe I don't know sixth on the grid. So yeah, I see that. But still, a good drive from Checo. He can take that forward into Baku, which is somewhere he he's quite familiar with. I believe he got on the podium in Baku. He's yeah, or Cynthia. Yeah, but he's done it twice. Isn't he? yeah. So he, he's got fond memories there. So hopefully he can use that to his advantage. Um that and there's a lot of straights so there's not really much you need to worry about with the setup <laughs> um yes uh so this leads us on to the championship because for the first time since 2018 i think mm. mercedes do not lead the constructors championship i thought it was 2013 i swear one of the commentators said it was 2013 last time red bull that was the last time. Oh, Red that was last time Red Bull led, oh, Red but Bull. Ferrari oh. has been on top. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I forgot Ferrari existed. <laughs> <laughs> they were good. I forgot. There's a lot of that going around today. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we've we've got Red Bull now at the top of the constructors' championships. I mean, admittedly, it's by a point, and it's still very close. It's still at the top. Exactly. At the end of the day, that's what counts. It's the finishing position, not the points difference. Um, and equally, Lewis Hamilton has slipped from the top step since what? Since Nico Rosberg retired, probably. I think Vettel. Vettel, yeah. I think it's the same race actually that they were last top of Germany, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Oh, what when Vettel binned it? Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. So. Max now has a four-point lead in the championship. But again, there's a long way to go yet. Um, obviously, we're still waiting. Yeah, Max is leading the championship for the first time. So that's yes. Good. Yeah, first, first time, time in any category, apparently. Yeah, because yeah, he, he <laughs> didn't spend long in F3 and he got yeah. bumped straight yeah. into F1. I swear so. he led in like F3, but then like... He didn't lead the championship. F- didn't he? Oh, no. I thought I thought I read um he led for a bit and then Esteban overtook him. I think that's what I read, but also it was wrong. Apparently not. Apparently the <laughs> last time he led a championship was in karting. So. Yeah. Still, he's he's at, he's proven he's got the skills, so I don't think that was ever in doubt. To be honest, um, one of the only times Red Bull was completely valid on bumping up a driver too quickly. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the problem was they then made a habit of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's the longest season. We still haven't actually had official confirmation that every race is going to go ahead. There's still question marks over Brazil. Uh, we still haven't had circuit homologation from Saudi Arabia. So... 
I mean, it can make a big difference when you don't know how many races you're going to have to be on top at that point. So, but still, yeah. long way to go yet. <laughs> Got another one. One guarantee is we are all every single time Mercedes have you know this this bad race they have a couple of every year. Hamilton always Lewis Hamilton always wins the next race, doesn't he? They always come back 